Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. to give to us everything he's prepared for us. And so he put together this institution of of marriage that is designed by him to keep us safe, to for our needs to be, you know, provided for all of the the different things, you know, it, everything that he intended for men and women to experience in life. A lot of it really comes back to marriage. God gave us gender, sex, and marriage as blessings. These institutions are not to be taken for granted. In the very beginning, he created Eve because he could see that Adam needed companionship. As Pastor Robert explains in today's message, while some have found the constraints of marriage to be restrictive, it is designed to protect and bless you as you deal with your fallen flesh and the pain and strife it brings. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus is Matthew chapter 19. We're told he was ministering in the Galilee region and he was moving toward Jerusalem and Judea in verse 1 of chapter 19, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee, came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him. Now, the the Pharisees, for us, how many of you know what the the Hasidic Jewish people, you're familiar with the Hasidic Jews, ultra-Orthodox, they are sticklers for keeping the law in every detail. Well, that's the Pharisees. That's exactly what they believed. That's who they were. They, they were sticklers. They, they wanted to keep the law in every detail. Well, now they, they came to him, the Bible says, testing him, verse 3, saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And we're already told that they, they came testing him. They were seeing if they could trip him up a little bit because in their culture, in their day, there were two trains of thought. You see, Moses had given them permission. He said, if a man needs to divorce his wife, if he's... If he's displeased with her and decides to divorce her, he just needs to write her a certificate of divorce, and he can leave. And so there were, there were those who said, when I married her, she was gorgeous. That changed. I'm going to trade her in. I'm going to write her a certificate of divorce. I'm now unhappy with her. And one train of thought was, okay, do that. Or the guy marries the, the, the woman and finds out that, She's really not a great cook. Well, I can't live with that. I'm displeased with her. Write her a certificate of divorce. And then there were others who said, no, 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 that's not what Moses intended. And you know that's not, that's not what God intended in this whole deal. And what Moses was communicating with that was simply that, you know, if, if a man marries 
a girl typically it's an arranged marriage you know the dads get together and arrange it and the kids may or may not participate at some point usually they did in terms of giving approval and consenting to it and you know saying yeah I'm in agreement with it and then coming together but this man marries this girl thinking she's a virgin and then on the wedding night he finds out she's not and therefore he has a, a, a right to write her a certificate of divorce and divorce her because they were already married at that point through the betrothal period and all that kind of stuff. And so there was confusion in the culture. And they were so focused on what Moses, because, you know, God gave the law to Moses. Moses gave it to the people. And so they looked to Moses as the lawgiver. And, and now there's all of this confusion. And Jesus bypassed all of that. Look at what he said, confronting these teachers of the law. Verse 4, he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, he who made them male and female said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Now, what was he saying there? You know, we take that thing, what God has joined together, let not man separate, and we apply that to individual couples, which it does apply to individual couples, but it also applies, and Jesus, I believe, was applying it in the broader context. Again, marriage is God's institution, not man's. Man has no right, no authority, and, and not enough wisdom to correct it, to adjust it, to change it, to modify it. God said what he meant. He meant what he said. He instituted marriage to be a blessing to humanity. He, he, he gave us loving parameters within which things work. We're blessed. Our families are blessed. Our children are blessed. It's not that God is trying to restrict us or hold out on us. Paul actually deals with that later. We'll see it in a few minutes. God is trying to give to us everything he's prepared for us. And so he put together this institution of, of marriage that is designed by him to keep us safe, to for our needs to be, you know, provided for, all of the, the different things, you know, it, everything that he intended for men and women to experience in life, a lot of it really comes back to marriage. It's not good for man to be alone. There need to be two. We need to, the male and the female need to come together. The man needs to leave his mother and father. And I know a lot of men don't leave mom when they get married. That's a sin. Men need to leave their mom leave their dad, be united to the wife. And if you have to choose between the two, it's not mom that wins. It's the wife. I love my mother, but I had to sit down with her at one point and tell her, listen, you're not raising my children. Stop giving my wife input, unsolicited advice about our children. It's not your job. It was hard. She's my mom. I love her. But I'm united to my wife. I cleave to my wife, not to my mom. I left my mom and dad. I'm united to my wife. Do you, do you understand? There's, and then the two die. Now, we talked about that last week. There's a mutual surrender. The two individuals die. There's, there's no room for individuality in a marriage. They become one. The marriage takes precedence. The marriage rules, not individuality. The marriage. The two become one. And that's... God's best. That's what he intended as a blessing. Now, they questioned him further and said, well, then why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and put her away? Jesus said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her, her who has been, who is divorced, commits adultery. 
His disciples then said to him, now see, they're apparently listening in to all of this as he's talking with the Pharisees. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it's better not to marry. You mean I'm limited to one, and if, if I find out I don't like her, I still can't divorce her? As long as she's faithful, that's right. As long as, as the oneness is not severed through an adulterous relationship, then he says, yeah, that's right. That's the ideal. That's what God intended, that one man and one woman would come together and become one flesh, and that for life, that oneness would, would rule. And unless something is done to sever the oneness, three can't become one. Well, what about polygamy? Well, it was never part of God's original plan. It was not his best. It happened. It was allowed for. Divorce happened. It was allowed for. It wasn't, it wasn't the plan. Jesus clarifies it right here. Homosexuality, all kinds of sexual immorality, all of the other sexual practices outside marriage. He says, no, this is not where the blessing lies. This is not where you receive everything God has for you. You shortchange yourselves when you go there. And, and Jesus tells him, he says, you know, I know everybody can't accept this. Some are made eunuchs. They're castrated. And he, he said some choose that in service to the, to the kingdom of God. But basically what he said is if you choose to marry, this is marriage. This is how it works. You're free to choose not to. But this is marriage. And this is where the, the blessing, God's perfect design. And as we've discussed so many times before, we have to remember that God doesn't adjust his design, you know, to suit our imperfection. We, we are imperfect human beings. We're, we're messed up. We have issues. God's design is flawless. And so what he offers to us is that he will change us. He doesn't modify his plan. It doesn't need modification. He doesn't change his design. It's flawless. What he will do is change you. If you come to him and say, I recognize I'm, I'm imperfect. I can't work this perfect plan that you have. I, I can't. I can't follow and be a part of this perfect design that you've put into place. I, I, I need your help. I need you to change me. God says, okay, I'd love to do that. I forgive you, and I'm going to change you, and I'm going to work in your life, and, and I'll make you a new creature in Christ, is the way the Bible words it. He's willing to do that, but he won't change his plan. His plan doesn't need changing. You and I need changing. His plan is perfect, and that's true for marriage. That's true for marriage. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. What you just heard may have set some questions off in your spirit about who Jesus is and why he's so important. If so, keep listening. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're listening today and and you're thinking, man, I really need God in my life. You know, I've wandered away or or maybe, maybe you're just searching. It's the first time you're really getting serious about having a relationship with God. And, you know, I remember when I felt that way, and, and to be honest, I, I, I felt really kind of exasperated and crummy and, and like it was probably impossible. Well, it's not impossible. The Bible says that God loves you so much right where you are. He understands that we're messed up. The Bible tells us, I mean, He knows we're human. He knows that we're flawed. He knows 
that we're sinful, imperfect human beings. That's why the Bible says he sent Jesus in the first place to come and die on the cross to pay for our sin, to pay for our wickedness, so that all we have to do is open our hearts to him and receive the pardon, the forgiveness that he's offering. He wants a relationship with you. I'd love to give you more information about that. Listen, I'd love to pray with you about that, even if electronically. Just go to our website, mainthingradio.com. There's all kinds of info on the website about how to begin that relationship with Jesus, how to begin that that personal relationship with God, how to study the Bible. We can give you all kinds of information about that if you'll just reach out to us and let us know that you need it. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website again is mainthingradio.com. We're so glad you joined us today and be sure to tune in again to Main Thing Radio.